Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Charitable Georgia. Brought to you by Bees Charitable Pursuits and Resources. We put the fun in fundraising. For more information, go to beescharitablepursuits.com. That's B-E-E-S charitablepursuits.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Pruitt. Good. Fabulous Friday. It's another Fabulous Friday. We've got three more fabulous guests. So it's been one of those weeks where I've been mostly home all week trying to get over my sinus issues. So I know there's a lot of stuff going around. So if you're out there listening, hope you're feeling better if you're sick. And if you're not, well, I hope it's a great Friday for you. Uh, if this is your first time listening to Charitable Georgia, this is all about positive things happening in the community. And again, like I said, we've got three fabulous guests that's going to share their stories and what they're doing in the community. So my first guest this morning is Mr. Zane Williams, Jr. Zane, thanks for coming this morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, I appreciate you having me. So uh, we have a mutual friend in Angelo. Yes, and uh, we sat down and talked last week a little bit about your story. And up until recently, you had your own business, and, and it was a, a sneaker business in Town Center Mall. Yes, sir. Um, but we'll get into that in just a second. But share a little bit of your background because it kind of leads into uh, some changes for you. And uh, I just think it's kind of a, a great story of um, pursuing dreams and then kind of refocusing as well. So don't mind sharing your story. Um, so pretty much uh, I was born here. Uh, not born here, born in New Orleans, Louisiana, but I pretty much grew up here. So I would say I'm from here. Um, raised in a two parent, not two parent home, but parents split up. And so I got through high school, um, got into things that I shouldn't have gotten into, got into snorting, drinking, smoking, stuff like stuff I shouldn't have been in, stuff I wasn't raised up on. Um, just not focused, um, went to college, uh, had to come home because I lost my Hope Scholarship, had a 2.9, you know, you have to keep a, a 3.0 to, to, to stay. Um, but I came home from school and I didn't really know what direction I wanted to go in my life. And so I kind of just started selling stuff from the store and it started with, the store started with clothing and then it started building with shoes and my dad kind of saw what I'd my my drive to want something for myself. And so it got to the point where he saw, he saw what I was doing and he kind of would put his support into me, put his money into me. And it got to the point where I could open a store. Um, business was in my name. I did all the, I had some help from uh, my grandmother to do the paperwork to get the business started and stuff like that. And so um, I, 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 Started a business during COVID 2021, and I wound up moving into the mall. Um, opened opened a store on Black Friday in the mall. Did very well in the mall, and um, that leads us to Angelo and me, me, me and him meeting. And it's like when I met him, um, I was in a point in my life where I had lost a friend over my lust, and I was hurt by it because that wasn't who I was. And I was so tired of myself because I was still in the lifestyle of drinking and smoking and being out late and being a night owl, being places I'm not supposed to be, places I normally wouldn't be. And so I was just tired of myself. I was tired of living the lifestyle that I was living. 
and I know that God felt my heart and to the pl- to the point where he sent me Angelo um so I could be forgiven of all of my sins and to for me to really live a life that is pleasing to God um and while all this is going on I'm I'm realizing things about my family and uh how their love wasn't really there was their love was shown in in a way where it wasn't love, but it was to them. It was love. So I'm realizing things about my my family, and and um, pretty much my dad was my dad was controlling the money side of the business, and I was just the face. And um, as 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 to say this to say this as humble as possible, I brought people to the business with my camaraderie and my genuineness and. And people came for me. When people come to your business, they're not coming for just the product. They're coming for you because of what you have to bring with along with that product. So I got to a point where I started to realize more and more that I'm just being used. Um, Six-figure business, and I'm not really seeing what I should see. And, you know, you have to keep putting back into a business uh, as it goes. But it got to a point where I had to stand for God and 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 do the right thing even when the business things in the business weren't being done in the right way. Um I was almost fifty grand in debt and tax and sales taxes um because I don't have control of anything when it comes to where money goes, um, where money is spent. Um I'm just getting a paycheck every week like I'm an employee. But my face is on the business and my name is on the business. And I'm pretty much not getting what I need from, I got what I needed from the experience, but it got to a point where I just had enough and I pretty much walked out and um, I walked out of the business. Me and my dad got into a, a, a argument and I walked out and he said, he said, uh, he said to me, why don't you go live? with the bread pretty delicious guy. And that was pretty much him kicking me out of the house. And so I went to his house, which I was staying with him at the at the time and um I got all my stuff. Um and I called Angelo and I just told him I just got kicked out and uh he took me in and it's been a blessing to me and it's just been showing me how to live how I spo- how I'm supposed to be lived, and and not to take any anything away from my father because he did show me a lot. He showed me how to be a man, and in that time in my life, I, I I I rejected a lot a lot of the times. I don't know why, but there was a rebelliousness in my spirit, and maybe maybe it was because of my parents not staying together. I wanted my parents to be together. You know, parents divorce, you kind of are confused at that time. You know, they they remarry and. They do they they do what they do and it's like you have two sets of parents when that's not really it's not really how it's supposed to be. Right. So um time goes on, um the business is still in my name, um and I get to the point where I have to pass this business off um because God can't bless me in the way that he wants if I'm still attached to something that is not of him. 
So I sold this business, which I know was worth more than one dollar, but I sold it to one sold it for one dollar to my father, um, just to cleanse myself from everything that I had been through um, with just being um, a puppet, pretty much just being talked to any kind of way. Sometimes just. Verbal abuse, whether he may see it that way or not, um, just things that you say, how you say it, it matters. Um, I would like to say that I'm in a better place now that I've found God, and I, I don't, I don't, I know God, but I still have work to do in learning who God is and how He operates. But God um, took all of my desires to smoke, drink. Um, took away my lustful desires. Uh, I was really big into porn at one point and masturbation and, and just, just doing things in a routine and in a cycle that I was just tired of being in. And, um, so that's, that's really, uh, I, I guess a, a, a good backstory for you. Uh, pretty much gave it to you all at once. Right. So, <clears throat> you know, it's it's pretty sad. Uh, I know uh, there's a lot of family dynamics that uh, even I know sitting around this table that is very, very um, not healthy at the moment. I, you know, I've got some family dynamics going on. It's, uh, well, I put it this way. A lot of times your friends become your family and you found that out with Angelo and, and Miracle mm-hmm. and, and their family. And, um, so I'm curious, when you started your business, you were how old? How old? Twenty uh, one. Mm-hmm. So really young to start your really your own business. And I've also heard and I've actually experienced where you don't really want to start a business with family members or best friends. No, sir. You no. know, and that, that kind of can lead to some things that that aren't good. So mm-hmm. um You don't get the same respect. Right. Right. And you take advantage of. Exactly. Um and a lot of times you're the one doing all the work. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm curious. You, it was a um, a sneaker store. Yes, correct? sir. You just went into sneakers. Yes, sir. Um, just out of curiosity, why was it the sneakers that kind of caught your attention? They always had my attention. Uh, and as a kid, my mom would always buy me shoes and stuff like that. So. I was always into the Jordans, the Nikes. The, the, I was always into it. So once I got to a point where I had money to buy a lot of the inventory, I was already familiar with shoe names, when shoes came out, where I could get them, who I can get them from at the lowest price. It was kind of it, – it led – me having that interest as a young man led to uh, me already – having interest in it so i knew about it so i could sell it so you said you were 21 how old are you now 23 i'll be 24 in september all right so about three years ago is when you started the business sir and um obviously doing real well and the focus i think became a lot on the money Mm -hmm. um especially at that age i'm sure it was like man you've seen a lot of green and the things like oh you know i'm doing good doing good doing good so here's where the story I think of refocus comes in for you because obviously you're still young, 24, mm-hmm. but you've decided to step away. And like you said, you only sold it for a dollar, mm-hmm. which to mm-hmm. me is is amazing in itself because, like you said, you could have got a lot more money on it. And, and again, the money aspect of it. But 
you're refocusing and trying to work on yourself. Um, you're going back to school, right? Yep. Is it mm-hmm. sports management KSU? Yes, sir. Good program, by the way. I graduated second degree with that. So, um, what are your aspirations when you, once you get done with that, what do you want to do? My aspirations. Honestly, to be truthful, to be a hundred percent honest with you, wherever, wherever God wants me to be. Um, I used to be so selfish and what I wanted, it was always about me and how I could maneuver my life to make everything easy for me. And I, I I'm, I'm, in my, in my, I'm at a point in my life where I don't want to do that anymore because, um, sometimes God doesn't, I don't want to say sometimes, a lot of the times God doesn't want what we want for ourselves. So it's not about me anymore at this point. And God can use you wherever you are. I mean, if you look at the Bible, all the stories in the Bible, I mean, the guys that he, gals he used were very, I mean, you had murderers, rapists, people that he used and he met them where they were. So, um, so if somebody's listening and they're younger, um, around your age and thinking about, man, I really want to do my own business at some point, gives them some advice on what, what to do about starting a business. Do your research, um, know what you need, um, Make sure you have some people. If you're gonna have people uh, helping you, make sure they make sure you make sure you write some type of contract before you start. Because that's where I messed up. I didn't have a contract. I just jumped into business and was hoping for the best. You can't hope for the best. You gotta have a paper trail for yourself, or you're setting yourself up to fail. Okay, great advice. Um, so you've recently started networking with Angela. You've been coming to some events. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it? Do you think it's important to get out there, network, and then be part of the community? So people can know who you are. Um, so people can figure out how we can all pretty much come together and maybe just not just fellowship, but learn from each other. Um, there's a lot to be learned from. I haven't met you guys yet really, but sitting here with me, but I'm going to learn something today. And that's what it's about learning because we can never stop learning. Well, and you're also, um, willing to, to give back in ways you've come to some of fundraising events that I've done. You've done some trivia events and you've come to our locker room chat. So I appreciate you supporting those. I appreciate you putting those events on. And, um, you, um, I don't know. It just seems like you're wanting to to make a difference, which is awesome because I think still be a lot of people in, in your age group these days don't think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, um, thank you for sharing part of your story. And um, well, let me ask you this: so, this is the, the of the networking part. Actually, it's been what a couple months that you've been out networking. Yep. Do you have anything positive you can share since? From doing the networking? I would say hearing hearing from, from God and just making sure that the people that you are meeting, um, that you use them and you let them use you. And it's not it can't be a one sided affair because like I said, we all can learn something from one another, but at the same time, uh, we kind of have to give something to get something. 
I wish more people would learn that because a lot of people come to networking and it's about them. Mm-hmm. Or it should be, let me, how can I help you? Eventually, yeah. the help will come back. It'll come back to you, but it'll come back around. You just gotta, you gotta have something for someone. And if you don't have it at the time, that's cool, but that's where you go out and you learn from other people. You right. meet other people. You have new experiences with, with people. And come with it, like with, a, with an open mind, like you're talking about with learning, because it is. You learn every single day from somebody. Stone says he learns every time we tell you the show. Hey, I really do, man. I love doing this show. I don't have to do any hosting, so I get to just sit back and listen <laughs> and absorb it. Occasionally, Brian will let me ask a, a question, but I learn something every Friday morning. So your words could not be truer, man. Right on, right on target. All right, Zane. So again, thank you for sharing a little bit of your story. Don't go anywhere because we're not really done yet. But I'm now moving over to Daniel Lather from 1041 Canine. Daniel, thanks for being here this morning. Hey, thanks for having me, Brian. So, Daniel, you're a, uh, a veteran, Army, correct? Yes, sir. All right, so thank you for your service. Thank you. But I think you have a really cool job because if I could do this, I would do it all day long as well. But you get to play with dogs all day long, right? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, right? So, um, first of all, share a little bit of your experience. Talk, if you don't mind, share about your, your service, and then we'll talk about 1041 and K9. Sure. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of back up a little bit. Um, so when I was younger, I, I kind of grew up training working dogs or being around working dogs. My my father was a um, accelerant detection canine handler and trainer um, with the fire department he retired from. And my mother trained um, guide dogs for blind people. So I grew up all around these dogs, uh, you know, learning behaviors and how, how the dog works and stuff like that. Um, I remember when I was real little, probably third grade, I, I it was, I saw the movie Iron Will or whatever, and I was hooked. I was like, I'm doing – I'm I'm going to work with dogs for my life. That's my job. <laughs> you Great know, movie. just movies like that. Great and, movie. Um, so fast forward a little bit. I got into high school, um, you know, did the JROTC and everything, and decided I, that's when I wanted to go to the Army. And I enlisted in 2004, and I got out in July of 2009. I went in with the – with the hopes of being a lifer, um, my overall goal was to be a special operations canine handler. I mean, that that was just wow to me, seeing the, those guys out there and, you know, working the front lines with, with explosive dogs. And, you know, that just really spoke to me and, and just the difference that made. Um, I, I've seen the difference that they made, those those canine handlers, when I was in the infantry and I deployed to Baghdad in 2005 to 2006. So sometimes we would get a lot of the handlers that would come out on patrols and missions with us. And I mean, just the lives they saved that, that was just phenomenal. Um, so that's just kind of, that just kept burning in me and burning in me to do that. Um, unfortunately I left Iraq with a medical di- discharge. So had to make new career plans. Um, let's see. Yeah. Just kind of in and out of school, just kind of trying to refigure my life. Now I'm a civilian and, it was very tough, you know, going from wanting to, you know, this brotherhood to all of a sudden it's like you're, you're done, you're out. <laughs> so that, that was quite a hard adjustment. Um, struggled with a lot of things as well. Um, and then, yeah, just life happened. I mean, I was married at the time, my first wife, and then, uh, we, we got a divorce. And then after that, I just went downhill and had bad relationships and just heartbreak after heartbreaks, you know, putting myself uh, through crazy situations. And then um, 
God pulled me back, you know, and he's like, you need to get your stuff together. You know, you're, you're wasting your life. And the way I was, I was living was not honoring, you know, my brothers who fell and all I was not honoring at all. And I, that stuff kind of really weighed on me. So I got, you know, back in the church, got back with, you know, close with God again, um, met my wife. Uh, we've been married for about my second wife. We've been married for about four years now. We just moved up here from Florida uh, two years ago. Uh, we always vacationed in Jasper and fell in love with the area. And um, she's a certified vet technician. So that's how we met was actually I took my dog in for an exam and the rest is history. There you <laughs> so, go. Um, but, um, yeah, we moved up here. She, she's working at a, um, a neurological, a, a canine or an animal neurology clinic. And, uh, my business has been going for almost a year now. So it's been, it's, it's been great. Um, I have my own personal working dog. He's a narcotics detection canine. His name's Noel. He's a four-year-old shepherd. Uh, we also do tracking and trailing. So we'll get out there and find some people too. Um, and, and that's my passion is just, um, training these working dogs, especially with drug detection, uh, with fentanyl being as, as the epidemic that's going on. And, and that's one thing I told myself when I got out of the military or before I got out was I want to make a difference. Like, I don't care what it, I want to make a difference in this world. And so I feel like God's been, he blessed me with this gift to work with dogs and just the passion that I have with these dogs and the connection I make, it's just, it's phenomenal. And when I train them on there, you know, to find drugs and then I get them with like a handler or something, um, or pet dogs doing obedience with their owners, seeing that connection, that, that bond that the dog and their owner make, like it's a, it's rewarding every time. Um, but that's, um, that's kind of how I got into the, the dog training and it's just been, it's been great. So I'm curious about the name. Where did 1041 come from? So I'm not law enforcement, but, uh, you know, 1041, it's, it's part of the, the police 10 code. And when I was coming up with the name, I, which I'm sure everybody can relate to how hard that was, um, I was watching some old vi- training videos of, of working my dog, Noble. And I came across his very first video of when I imprinted him on cocaine. That was his first odor I imprinted on. And there's a subtitle that I put in the video, um, Noble's first step in his career or something. So I was like, how could I incorporate that? So I looked up just, I don't know, just it came on to me to look up police 10 codes. And 1041 means um, beginning tour of duty. So when I get puppies to come in for drug training or any type of detection work, I am the first step of their training career or, or of their career. So I was like, I, you know, it, it came up and I went with it. And that's awesome. So do you work uh, with any of the current law enforcement training their dogs? Not yet. No, I'm still working on getting my working dog program going. Okay. So you shared a couple of stories I'd like for you to share. One thing we were talking about, you just started working with some dogs training them on PTSD. Mm-hmm. Uh, but share how that came about because it's kind of cool. Sure. Yeah. Um, so as I said, you know, I was wounded and I was a, yeah, I was wounded in combat, and um, the difference a dog can make with somebody going through through those struggles, um, not just for the veteran, but also for the family. And the breeder I'm looking at, they have dogs that are washed out that didn't make the cut to do work. Um, so I want to get those guys and get them going for, like, veterans or first responders who are dealing with PTSD 
Um, I would like to say um, I'm probably still here because of a dog. Um, because all those dark times I went through, to, I, I always had a dog with me. And, we, you know, the, the way they look at you, they don't judge you. They're there. They don't ridicule you. They don't make fun of you. It's just 100% wholehearted love. And I just see the difference that that's made in my life. And I want other veterans to experience that. So I want to take my God-given gifts and give back um, to my veteran community as well. Well, share about the two dogs you just because you just started with two or one I know of, but how the how that that came about with those two the two rescue yeah. ones or, <laughs> yeah uh, so my wife um, she found two uh, it's part of being married to a vet tech is animals <laughs> come home <laughs> it, yeah before I met my wife it was just me and my pet shepherd and then she brought in her two dogs and two cats and then a foster cat so now we got three cats. <laughs> Four dogs, including my working dog, now these two puppies. And I got a board and train client at the house now. So we're <laughs> it's busy. Um but yeah, so she she found these two dogs, mixes, and I mean they just were they they've were just dropped off. And, and so when she brought them home, I noticed they had a heck of a nose on them. So I just went to Cabela's, got the deer scent blood kit, and now they're tracking deer. Like they they enjoy it. So there you, you go. Know, and I'm so. like, hey, thanks for whoever Drop these dogs off. So, right. so can I text you when I've got one down? Is it, like, pay you a fee to come out with one? Oh no, no. I'll, I'll train okay. it, but no. All right. Um, also, share the story because it's kind of funny. But, um, but you had a dog that actually had a party, right? So I found some drugs. Uh, my working dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's um, yeah. He's he's uh, he's working, <laughs> trying to get him some more work. So. <laughs> Yeah, so be careful if you throw a party and want something found and you invite Daniel over because you may have some <laughs> unexpected surprises. Um, so how, walk us through what today look like for you. How do you, first of all, how is it that you know where to start with a dog and then uh, in which direction you're going to train them? Um, as far as like, let's say narcotics detection. Yeah. Or, well, we'll go do that and then we'll also do obedience. Okay. So, so for the, uh, narcotics detection, first of all, we select the puppy. They got, we have actually have a sheet of what we're looking for. We're looking for the dog with a high, you know, I want a dog that has a high prey drive, high, um, retrieve drive. Like my shepherd noble that he would chase a tennis ball into oncoming traffic without even thinking about it. I mean, he is so ball driven and that's what, what I look for. Um, so we take that usually with detection, we start about a year old. So we'll take, get them in young, get their obedience going, get them trained. And then we'll start them. We'll start imprinting them at a year old, uh, on, on the odors. How about for obedience? What does it look like when you're trying to do an obedience training for obedience? That's on the dog. <laughs> that is 100% how, um, dogs all learn at different paces or different rates, just like us. And it depends on. You know, I, I get a dog that comes in with severe codependency issues and um, stuff like that can can make the training longer. So, are there certain breeds you find that are easy to work with, and are there breeds that you won't work with? <laughs> so, I like the big dogs. I don't like Shih Tzus. I don't like Dotsons. Little I, those are toys. Those aren't dogs. <laughs> so, They're heel nippers. Um, I, I, yeah, I like the Malawas and the Shepherds and the Labs. Those are my my preferred. So I'll give you, give you a funny story of a Dotson. I had a good friend who lived over here at the time, and 
we met because I was back getting my sports management degree, and I was older than all the students, and I was even older than some of the professors. So I hung out with the professors, and we became good friends with one of them. And he asked me to come over to meet his dog, Stitch, who was a Dodson. And he wanted me to come over and, and pet sit for a while while they were gone. So I get over there, and I open the door, and he's like, you know, here, put your hand down. First thing I do is just take a chunk out of my finger. And then we go sit down in the living room, and next thing I know, he's up in my lap trying to, you know, ask forgiveness and all that. Sure. So, you know, and then so I, I do this several several times now. And then I go over, and, and I, I pit sit for him. And anyway, there's one day that um, I think Stitch really thought that Jason and Jessica were leaving and not coming back, and he was tired of them leaving. And so I was trying to feed him, and he was up underneath the bed, their bed in their room, and I couldn't get him out from underneath the bed. And so I reached in, and all of a sudden he starts snarling. Now, those of you who know me, I'm I'm not tall, but I'm a big guy. Imagine this in your head. I am being chased around the bedroom by this Dotson, <laughs> trying to get my knee heels. It's just a funny, funny thing. So. Um, it's yeah. true. Those little ones are more vicious than the big dogs. Yeah, little man uh, syndrome, I've been, right? I've been, big yeah, man syndrome. Yeah, I've, I've been bit by more little dogs than. <laughs> right. All right. So I'm curious too. Uh, like you said, you started your own business. Give some advice for starting in a business. Some um, one thing I've learned: perseverance. Um, especially as as a dog trainer, um, that that carried over into my business is don't give up. It took me years and years to get to where I'm at now, not only as a dog handler, but as a trainer. Um, you know, I never went to like any formal canine school or anything, but I always had the knowledge from what I've learned growing up. So a lot of people wouldn't give me the time of the day for like internships. I had one up here that I did for a year when we moved up. Uh, that's where I got noble and, um, and I would try to get volunteer with like search and rescue. I would ask like law enforcement cannon guy, Hey, can I help? Is there anything I can do? And just nobody would give the time of day and just kind of, so I took that and I'm like, I'm not going to be like that. You know, I want to mentor people. If you're interested in dogs, I will help you get to where you want. Um, so that's why I say perseverance is if you have a dream, don't, don't have a fallback plan. Like that's setting yourself up for failure already move forward keep finding if you got to take detours take detours but overall you got to achieve that goal mm, good so you actually shared with me too that you're trying to get more involved with some of these local animal nonprofits and helping them with their with their dogs have you uh, had any success with that yet sure i've i've reached out to some uh shelters i've have yet to hear back from them because I'd, I'd i'm more than happy to volunteer my time come in for like a day and work with um shelter dogs um if they get adopted out, I would even help them like give for a free lesson or two um, just to help the success of that dog being being adopted. Because people go and adopt a dog and they think it's supposed to be perfect the day they get home. It takes months for the dog to adjust. And then they're, within two weeks, they're back in, in the shelter. Right. So, I mean, if y'all know of any shelters or anything that, you know, would like um Something like that. I'm more than happy to volunteer my time and and to come and help out. So. All right, we'll share your contact information here in just a minute. So, but I got a couple other questions for you. So, um, you you like you mentioned earlier, you want to give back. You want to be part of things. So, you you and I met networking at the Ackworth Connections mm-hmm. originally, um, and you have um, been coming to some other things, and you've also. Um, you recently donated a certificate for a fundraiser that I'm doing. You came a couple weeks ago to trivia, which turned out was a surprise birthday for me, Stone. I didn't realize that, but they were throwing a surprise, which our friend Bob Brooks almost uh, ruined. 
He texts me just as I start trivia and says, sorry, I can't be at your surprise birthday party. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, goodness. That's another story. But anyway, thanks, Bob. Um, anyway, so why is it important for you to be part of the community? Um, I, like I said, I just want to make a difference. I want to do everything I can just just to help people, just, just for the, the good of man. I mean, we've got – there's too much evil out there. There's too much um, fight, just all this – just hatred out there. And if I can do a little something to bring a little bit of light and into someone's life or into the community or something, I'm all for it. I will do whatever I can to, to help to be there. Awesome. So, all right. So somebody is listening and, uh, well, actually let me ask this first. Um, since you've been networking, you got any positive stories you can share about networking? Yeah, networking's been great. It, it has uh, built my confidence, um, especially with standing up in front of people and um, you know doing like your thirty minute or thirty second brief. You know who you are, what you do, and all that. Um, so it's definitely has boosted my confidence in speaking um, and just being around good people who want to help you succeed and help you grow your business. And that's what I love about it because it is like a family. Everybody wants to help each other succeed, passing business cards and giving ideas of, of, of clients and recommendations and referrals and, you know, a lot of, a lot of good mentors too. So it's funny because I don't know if you noticed this, but I noticed someone I'm around you and we're networking and people, they, they hear what you do. And then all of a sudden it's like, Ooh, can I get your information? Can you, can I, let me ask you this about my dog. Can, can, can you do this? I yeah yeah I got to carry extra business cards because I, I get chased down when I'm leaving and because I mean there's times where I want to come talk to you and stuff and then I just get like the <laughs> right no that's cool um, all right so if somebody's listening and wants to talk to you about your services how can they do that uh you, we you can check us out on Facebook ten forty one k nine dot com that's one zero four one and then the letter K and number nine. Um, same thing, go online, 1041k9.com, and that lists everything we do, tells more, more in depth about our company, um, who we are, and services we offer. So if you guys are interested in seeing what he does a little bit, so November 16th, we are holding a uh, expo over at the Eckworth Community Center for uh, veteran first responder-owned businesses, and uh, he's going to be doing a canine demonstration while we're there. So make sure you come out and check great. that out as well. Yeah. So, uh, Zane, I didn't ask you this. Um, if somebody's listening and wants to talk to you about possibly coming, maybe they've got something you can do for as an internship or things like that. Is there ways anybody can get a hold of you? I want to get my phone number out. Do you have an email address? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you can reach me at Zane, Z-A-N-E-0913 at gmail.com. That is the the best way to reach me. Okay. Um, so if anybody's listening in sports management and has anything coming up for this young man, reach out to him. He's a, he's a great guy. So, all right, Daniel, thanks for sharing a little bit Thank of your you. story. And we're going to move our to Miss Hillary McDermott. We normally start with ladies first, but she's got such a powerful story. I wanted to finish up with her. So, Hillary, thank you for being here this morning. Thanks for having me. So, uh, you have recently um, kind of switched jobs. You're now with a handy man out of Ackworth, correct? Yes. And Alicia Tedesco, who's a great, great person. So, um, we'll talk about how you maybe you got that here in just a second. But uh, you've got a great story, um, but you are. Uh, you've done a lot of things. You're a real estate agent. You're a great singer, and um, you you do have a passion for helping others. But you're also a story of overcoming, perseverance, uh, not giving up. And um, if you don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little disclaimer for this though, because if somebody's listening and, and going through a hard time, 
I don't know. There, there could be some triggers here or not, but it's a powerful, powerful story that things needs to be shared. So, um, yeah, just go ahead and, and share your story if you don't mind. I will. Yes. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, okay, let me back up. <laughs> I'm going to start with, um, okay. I'm from Pascagoula, Mississippi, right on the Gulf coast. And I was born and raised there. Um, I grew up as an only child and I spent a lot of time by myself, um, outside. I did have a lot of cousins though. And I always loved going over to my grandma's house and spending time with my cousins. Cause to me, that was like my only way to have like that brother sister type of relationship. So I was really close with my cousins. Um, and then fast forward, I, um, I also grew up in a music store, so that there, there, that's where I got my love for music. Um, my grandpa owned a music store in our hometown called Chappie's Music, uh, so I would spend a lot of time there as well with my dad. Um, then when the store closed, uh, they opened up a guitar center in Mobile, and that's actually where I met um, my my husband and and my ex-husband <laughs> I've been married twice <laughs> but um so anyway uh that's how I ended up here in Atlanta so I was married before he that's my the the father of my first child we were we lived in Mobile and then we divorced and then I reconnected with my cur- current husband and moved here to Atlanta we I moved to Roswell and we stayed in Roswell for about 10 years and um then we moved to Woodstock in 2020. Um, throughout that time, let's see, I started, let's see, my first job. Oh, I, I've had a lot of experience with customer service, working retail, um, you know, waiting tables. I never really wanted a career when I was growing up. I always knew that I was just going to be a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> You know, coming up in a in a small town, there's not a lot to do there. You you either wait tables or you work at the oil refinery or you work at the shipyard. I mean, that's just you know that's just the lifestyle there. But then you move to Atlanta, you know, a big city. You've got so many opportunities, right? So I come here and I'm like, oh, what can I do? <laughs> um, we had another child. We have so now we have two kids. Um, I. I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and I was also kind of struggling with my spirituality. I wanted to have a relationship with God, but I also wanted to do all the things, right? Because I'm in a big city, small town girl. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm young, young mom in a big town, confused. And I just... Let me, you're going to have to like, keep me on track. I (laughs) My, my story is such a whirlwind, uh, that sometimes I have trouble keeping it all straight. (laughs) Um, so anyway, let's see. I'm in Atlanta. I have all these jobs. Okay. Where am I? Woodstock. Let's get to Woodstock. Okay. So by the time I get to Woodstock, I am driving a school bus for Fulton County. <laughs> and then I'm pursuing my real estate, uh, my real estate license. Uh, let's see. I am also, because I'm trying to do all the things, I'm having a hard time balancing my life. Um, my marriage is not doing so well. 
and I'm not handling it properly. I do, I make very poor choices. Um, and throughout my life, I have always struggled with depression. Growing up as an only child, being alone, uh, not feeling like I belonged anywhere. Um, I would go through these bouts of feeling like I was worthless, feeling like I didn't matter, feeling like no one would care what I felt or thought. Um, and I would keep those things to myself a lot. Um, and I didn't do the things that I knew I should. I didn't throw those things on God. You know, I didn't. And I would try. I would even pray. Um, but for some reason, I would never feel the relief or the comfort that I knew. I knew that I should feel it. But for some reason, I just wouldn't feel the connection. And I still struggled. So I would turn to other things for comfort, bad things. And I'm going to be honest, um, I, I, did, I did cheat on my husband. And it was bad. And I regret it every day. Um, and I, I kept that secret for years. And let me tell you, lies are the heaviest burden to carry because they just eat away at you. It's like poison sitting in your stomach. Uh, because of those lies, I tried to even kill myself. And that was July 16th, 2020. I drove my car off of 575 into a ravine. But amazingly... <laughs> I walked away without a scratch. I don't know how. I don't know how, why. Well, you do. It's God. He has, still has a plan for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because uh, the circumstances around that, you know, 110 miles an hour, no seatbelt into a tree. The car was totaled, glass everywhere. I don't know. Like the... the, the Logically, there was no reason for me to walk away with no scratch. So I, I'm going to say this. I think uh, God puts us through things so we can help other people. Um, and he allows certain things to happen. And you walked away because you can help somebody. You're helping somebody right now by sharing this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the, the weeks that I spent in the hospital afterwards um, to get the needed mental help, um, the nurses would tell me, you know, there's a reason that you're here. Uh, and I, at that time, I was angry. And I was like, because I sat in that car and I, I said, great, I failed again. <laughs> you know, I failed at everything. Um, and I'm glad I failed. <laughs> so I actually counted last night. I, I've been alive 1,135 days since wow. that car accident. Wow. I've been blessed for that many days. So. Yeah. It's just, it's amazing what, what God does. And we don't know why he does certain things um, or allow certain things. But um, in 2020 was a hard year for everybody anyway. It was. You know, so. Um, well, 
just keep going okay. because it's, you're obviously you're you're still going through some things, but it's 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 you're turning a corner. It is it, yes, and and even though like that was that was a rock bottom point for me, it still I still didn't make the needed changes. It, I made changes. It was a it was a starting point, um, and I another starting point for me was actually just recently because because even though I. That was a waking – actually, that was my wake-up call. I would call that my wake-up call. Um, and, and it got me on the traje- trajectory to make changes in my life. So I was still lying. You know, I had all these lies that I, that I was in my life. Um, and then I would say about a, a month and a half ago, um, I decided to come clean, and I told the truth to everyone. And I lost a lot of friends, lost my husband. Um, but that's okay. You know, my broker <laughs> told me all change is good, right? Even if it's painful at first, all change is good because it will eventually turn out good in the end. Um, what, what, uh, woke me up to tell, finally tell the truth was my daughter. We were hanging out at the pool and she said, mommy, are you going to get in the pool? I said, yeah, I'm going to get in in a minute. She goes, okay, are you really going to get in or are you just saying that? Because sometimes you say you're going to do something and you don't actually do it. And I just was shocked. I said, what? She goes, I'm sorry, don't be mad. I'm like, no, honey, I'm not mad at you. I was like, thank you for telling me the truth because sometimes, sometimes the truth is painful to hear, but we need to hear it. And I sat there and I, I thought about it that night. And for the first time in three years, I prayed and I apologized, and I asked for forgiveness. And at that moment, I decided to start making things right. And it's been hard, because for years I wanted to come clean. I was terrified to do it because of the consequences that I knew were going to happen. But when I prayed and I asked for forgiveness, I asked Jehovah God to help me to to, to be with me and, and give me the strength and the courage to come to do what was right. And he did. And he's been blessing me ever since. Well, well, I, f- I think first of all, um, you talk about losing friends and stuff. And unfortunately you see who your real friends are. That is true. You know, that is and so maybe true. they're the friends that you don't need to have. Exactly right. Um, and I'm going to bring this up right now because I think we talk all the time, Stone, about the power of networking on this show yeah. on certain things. And um, when you, you and I were talking about when I originally asked you to come on, we were going to have some other folks. And anyway, I still wanted you to come on. And you were sharing with me. You were struggling. You were looking for a job. And um, you you told me what you were kind of looking for. Anyway, long story short, you came to an Ackworth Connections that I invited you to, and you were telling people you're looking for a job, and it was so cool to look around that room of people trying to give you some leads. Absolutely. And it's, you know, things, and so, uh, not to pat myself on the back, but... Uh, <laughs> you I, should. <laughs> it was you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I introduced you to Alicia Tedesco, so, yeah. um, and you guys hit it off, and now here you are, so... Yes, it's been fantastic. I'm so excited about this opportunity. Share about the... the the opportunity and in, in ACES, what you can, what you, what you yes. know so far. Okay. So I'm the new sales rep in charge of business development at ACE, uh, ACE Handyman Services in Ackworth. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so no. if you need something done. Yes. 
Yes, if you need anything done around the house or even a commercial business, uh, we can handle that. As, you know, anything big or small, we do everything you and your honey can't, won't, or should not do. <laughs> Which for me is quite a bit of everything because I break everything. So, um, no, but that's just that's you know I won't have to ask you the story because we just shared it. That's the power of networking, and and I think that's as Bob Brooks calls it, it's family. Yes, a family. You know, so but again, I just thought it was so cool that. You shared about some other things you were looking for, and everybody's like, I mean, they're getting out their phones, they're sending you yeah. information, you know. So I just thought that was really cool to watch. Um, all right, so um, you obviously just shared a very powerful story, but you also do with your singing. Now, first of all, I have to say this too: I just saw a video where you sang a Whitney Houston song. Oh yeah, <laughs> which was pretty amazing. Have you seen that? Oh, this lady is incredibly talented. I've seen her sing at several events and. If we do the block party I've got scheduled, she's my first call. Yeah, which I've got a possibly holiday party that I'm going to ask you to come sing for. So, um, but so why is it important for you to go out of the community other than the fact that um, it's been helpful for you? But why is it part of for you, important for you to be part of the community? You know, I it, it's in the Bible, right? Giving, give. There's more happiness in giving than receiving, and you can't give it to anybody if you're stuck at at the house. <laughs> You know, so you have to be out there. You have to put yourself out there and give give of yourself. And and it goes back to helping others, and you know, and and listening, and that because you were at a point where you didn't know what to do. You had a little, very little money, yeah. right? And it, it wasn't a selfish ask. You were just asking for you know, if you hear of anything, let yeah. me know. Where that's different is somebody come in like I did when I first started networking, handing everybody a business card. Hey, what can I sell you? What can I sell you? What can I sell you? <laughs> You know, so it is a difference. So I, I just like for you, for those, somebody who is listening, who is possibly going through uh, a dark time, um, can you give them some advice what to do? Don't be afraid to ask for help. And it's, it's so hard to ask for help when you're down in that position. But just know this, that there are people out there who love you, even if they don't know you and they want you here. So just, just let, don't be afraid to let people know that what you're going through because you're not alone. And and I feel like there's not enough there's not enough talk about mental health and mental awareness and suicide. Like people it's almost like a stigma. So actually I I wear these earrings. So in my accident, I, I have these bee earrings. If people know me, I wear bees. Bees are my thing. <laughs> um well, you need to come work for me then. What's going on? <laughs> Um, so in my accident, uh, the airbag actually ripped off the bees on my left side, uh, the, 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 the bees on my earrings on the left side. So I replaced the bees with a semicolon, which is a sign. Um, it's a suicide awareness sign. And the semicolon is represented um, when an author could have chosen to end their sentence, but they chose not to. So that's why the semicolon is used. That's a great trivia question. I need to learn that again. So, um, so if somebody does need some help, uh, the suicide hotline is nine eight eight. Just in case anybody needs that, uh, we had a couple weeks gone. Matt Payne, who is part of the Outer Circle Foundation, uh, who works with the first responders and veterans on PTSD and suicide prevention too. So there's there are organizations out there locally that can help as well. So make sure you do reach out to somebody if you need that help. So. Also, the Georgia Crisis Line is 1-800-715-4225. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, all right. So you you were, were in real estate for a while, too. So obviously you had your own business. 
mm-hmm. at some point as well. What would, advice would you give you on somebody who wants to start a business as well? Oh, do your own research. Um, and like, like you said, um, get everything in paperwork. If you choose to go into business with somebody, <laughs> paper trails. Please, 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 yes. please, please, please. <laughs> um, get advice, you know, not like when you go networking, talk to other business owners, get it, you know, talk to them and see how they run their business and, and gather as much information as possible to see what you want to implement in your own business and what you don't want to implement in your own business. I'm going to add, uh, find a mentor if you can, and yes. also don't be afraid to fail forward. Yes. Failing is not failing if you don't, if you learn from it and move on. So and pride, not don't have any pride. Yep. John Maxwell your- has a great book on fail forward. So yep. that's what it's called. Fail forward. Read it. So, um, all right. So I don't know where to go from that, but, um, <laughs> No, I, I I thank you for sharing that story because, again, I know you're a little hesitant on some stuff, but I just think it was so powerful that people needed to hear, and you don't know who listening that might needed to hear that. So, um, well, I'm going to do this. I Normally, uh, I like to do a little more, but I think that's a great thing to, to kind of wrap this up on. But before we do, I always like to have each of you share a uh, positive quote, uh, word, uh, some nugget doesn't have to be, you can make it up, whatever you want to do, something for somebody to live today and the rest of 2023 and beyond with. So Zane, what you got for anybody out there listening that is truly and purely in their heart. Um, if you truly and purely in your heart want God, um, pray for, pray, pray about it and make sure that it's, it's true in your heart that you want to change your life and, if you want to get to heaven, you can't get there if you don't get baptized in the name of Jesus. So if uh, John 3 and 3 says, um, if you are not born of the water and you are not born of the spirit, then you or no man will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Um, so, yeah, that 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 is what I have to say. That's Daniel? Um, I, I think one of my biggest quotes is, um, excuse me, um, what I like to tell people is, don't go through it, grow through it. Don't let, don't let things defy you. Cause I, I've been there. I let the VA, I let the army defy me. Oh, you're not going to be able to do this again. You can't do that. And then I prove them wrong and do it. So, um, yeah. So that, that's probably one of my go-tos. Awesome. Hillary. I actually have this one on my Facebook cover page. Um, it says you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. Wow. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Again, that's why I love this show, Stone. Me too. I mean, this. Uh, so the other thing that's is a lost art these days is the thank you, just a simple thank you, Suzanne. Thank you for coming and sharing your story and being an example of um, being willing to reinvent yourself and mm-hmm. fo- refocus. Daniel, thank you for what you're doing for the uh, the pups and all the people and their animals, mm-hmm. and uh, your service as well. Thank and Hillary, you. thank you for sharing your story and just being an inspiration. So. Everybody out there listening, remember, let's be positive, let's be charitable.